she reached out to me and she said, hey, you know, I, I've been following your blog and your wellness. I, I think you have a fantastic voice. My boyfriend is thinking about, he has an idea for a beverage. Will you meet him for coffee? I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll meet this random guy at yeah. Phil's Coffee down the street, sure. So this was two and a half, almost three years ago now, actually. And went down the street, met Sonny, had no idea what to expect. And he said to me, you know, I think there's an opportunity to make a protein drink that's geared towards women. What do you think about that? And I looked at him and I said, the number one question I get from all of my clients is what do I have after I work out? And so here we had this dilemma, this this fact, this fact. This I've fact. been almost a decade, decade researching decade, this subject. Every aspect of your metabolic health improves. From the Hint offices in San Francisco, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. You may have tried Hint Water before, but this is my podcast. Each week, we talk to some of the most creative entrepreneurs from world-touring pop stars like Jay Sean to the people behind favorite Instagram accounts, including So Yummy, New York City, and even YouTubers like Sarah Dietschy. So the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara from Unstoppable. So excited to be here today with Darby Jackson from A Prey. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're here on Union Street in our Hint offices, and uh, Darby and I were just chatting about how she used to be on the street. Now, where are you? Now we're in LA. Oh, wow. About four months ago. Okay. And how's LA? LA is great. It's so different from San Francisco. Yeah. I grew up in Orange County, so it kind of feels like home, but I've been in the Bay Area for 10 plus years, so I still really miss it, but it makes a ton of sense for our business. So we'll jump into that in a minute, sort of San Francisco versus LA, but I want to get back to, so so tell us, for those of you who are not familiar with the Prey, I'd love to have Darby just explain a little bit about what you're doing. Yes. So there, there's a big, long story on how I got here, mm-hmm. but just high level. So Alprey is a protein-based replenishment beverage. The thinking behind it is it's the muscle milk for the modern consumer. Boutique fitness is growing, as we all know, and there's nothing post-workout for this consumer that one, hits on nutritionals that they feel comfortable ingesting, and two, that just has branding that speaks to them. So we spent a year and a half designing this product from the ground up to really speak to the soul cycle riding, green juice drinking consumer. That's awesome. And you were an athlete. I was. I yeah. was an athlete. So I, I, like I said, I grew up in Orange County playing water polo. And my intention growing up was I was always laser focused on going to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a workhorse by nature. Yep. I'm a Capricorn. That's just in so my funny. blood. And I sacrificed so much growing up to focus on being in the Olympics. I didn't go to my high school prom. I didn't go to graduation. I... But that was all, this was my dream. It was what I wanted to do. And so played in high school, uh, got a full ride scholarship to play at UC Berkeley, one of the top uh, two, three uh, schools in the country for water polo. It was amazing. I was, I was really lucky. I was so passionate about what I was doing and was lucky enough to travel the world playing the sport, which I loved. But I got to this point halfway through college where I was so burned out. I wasn't allowed to be in a sorority. I had no life. I 
didn't, I never really dated. I mean, there were just so many things I was missing out on. And I just had this wake up call moment where I thought I need to, I need to enjoy my life and this is taking over and I'm not sure this is the path that I want to be on anymore. That must have taken a ton of courage though. Like here you are on, you're on scholarship, right? And so what, like, I mean, what did that feel like? Like that's so scary. It was really rough. It was, what really happened was a combination of things. Um, I didn't get along with my coach. I'm, I'm a pretty passive person, but, uh, I like, I like to be heard and he was, I don't, I want to put this delicately, but just, he wasn't treating our team very well. And I felt like I was in a place to stand up and say something and do something about it. So myself and two other girls that were also on the U.S. national team, the three of us made a statement at the end of our sophomore year in college and we quit and we said, we're going to leave. And there's no way that if the three of us leave, he doesn't get fired. So we left and we made this whole statement to the athletic board about how we wanted a new coach and long story short it ended up falling through so one girl transferred to another school another girl went and played professionally in Australia and I kind of went well I love Berkeley I you know I love water polo my dream has always been to go to the Olympics but I don't think I want to transfer schools yeah so I ended up staying and it was it stung it was it was really hard but I look back on that moment and I am so grateful that that happened yeah because I mean, for one, I was able to meet my husband, which is fantastic. But two, it took me down this path that was quite dark to begin with, actually. So my freshman year of college, I was diagnosed with celiac. Made me really focus on fitness and wellness and how what I was putting in my body affected my athletic performance. After I stopped playing water polo, I'm, I'm 5'11". I was 185 pounds, like just solid muscle, big girl. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I didn't have an excuse to look that way anymore. I, I had joined a sorority. I didn't have an excuse to be this big, strong girl. And I thought, wow, okay, this is the first time I'm actually realizing that I need to change my body. And it was a big- How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises 
so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Very negative thing for me at that point. And I fell into some really horrible eating patterns and just thinking around my body and my body image. And that... That took a big toll on me. But where that led me a couple years after college was into a place where I found that I wasn't the only one that was struggling with this kind of thing, that my girlfriends and so many other women around the world are so, you know, have disordered eating, are not confident in a bathing suit, think that they need to look a certain way. 
And it kind of became my personal mission or my mantra, if you will, to fix my the way that I thought about my body and then also try and change the stigma that's out there around the women needing to look a certain way. Yeah. It drove me nuts. So I ended up, I uh, enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition while I was working full-time out of college and started studying at night to become a health and wellness coach and then also a personal trainer. And what I really wanted to do was to work with women to help them repair their relationship with food in their body. That's awesome. So it's no longer about, you know, I want you to drink kale juice all day and work out seven days a week. That's so unrealistic. It's, all right, what's, what's going on in your life? What are you stressed about? How are your relationships? What's going on at work? And that's what really makes you healthy. So I ended up basically starting this business was I called Darby Jackson Wellness and it started off as this really tiny thing where I'd see a couple friends of friends before and after work and consult them on how to live healthier lives yeah and it ended up just kind of blowing up I I think my method was really different and it was it was holistic and people saw a really big change that's awesome and were you personal training too, like a, a, along with it or not that just the food? That was part of my program yeah. with them. So with some clients, I do some at-home personal training, but it was, I'd say 85% focused on the lifestyle piece. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so you're, so you're doing Darby Jackson wellness and then you're, then you're thinking like, okay, I need this drink that you decide to develop or what is, like what was sort of the thought process of that? It's a really interesting story. So I always knew, I started this fitness and wellness coaching company to, to really understand what the need was out there from, from really from women. Mm-hmm. And, but I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do in the long term. It's really hard to scale something like that. I can only see so many clients during the day before I sort of hit my wall. So I started experimenting with different ways to get my message and my philosophy out there. So I had online programming. I started doing some television segments on KTVU around fitness and wellness and healthy recipes. I loved that. I've always had this weird love for public speaking, which I feel like no one says, but I kind of always liked that. And uh, then I started doing some consulting for some fitness and wellness startups in San Francisco and I was building programming for them. So I was just testing the waters. I'm like, what else can I do to get my message out there? And then the most, one of the most serendipitous moments in my life, I got an email from a girl that had gone to college with me. I didn't know her very well. She was a grade above me, but I was a health coach at a, at a, or I was the health coach at MNT Studios here in Soma. And she worked out there and she reached out to me and she said, Hey, you know, I, I've been following your blog and your wellness. I, I think you have a fantastic voice. My boyfriend is thinking about, he has an idea for a beverage. Will you meet him for coffee? I was like, all right, I'll meet this random guy at yeah. Phil's coffee down the street. Sure. So this was two and a half, almost three years ago now, actually. And went down the street, met Sonny, had no idea what to expect. And he said to me, you know, I think there's an opportunity to make a protein drink that's geared towards women. What do you think about that? And I looked at him and I said, the number one question I get from all of my clients is what do I have after I work out? And I don't have a recommendation for them. 
not the consumer that's taking protein powder and water and shaking it up when they walk out of Equinox. Yep. My husband used to always try and get me to do that. And I was like, I don't want to bulk up. I, I don't know what's in that crap. No. Yeah. So it really resonated with me. So I said, hmm, this is cool. Let me talk to some of my clients. Let me talk to some of my personal training friends, studio owners. Let's see what we've got here. So went back, talked to people, did a little bit more research. And we were both just so aligned on the fact that there was nothing out there. So we, this was kind of the sort of the thing I'd been looking for and it all came together when he brought this up and I just thought, yes, this is, there is a need for this and our backgrounds are so complimentary. My co-founder, Sammy and I, this is exactly what we need to be doing. So we spent a year and a half designing this product. It was really hard to make. We thought, so can I back up a little? So, sure. so when you think of a women's drink versus a man's drink, like what were the key things that you, you know, above and beyond sort of the, the way that it was actually being served? I mean, you're, what you're talking about is a two-step process was how you had seen it before. This is a ready mm-hmm. to drink, right? Like, but also what are the key differences that you felt like wasn't being, you know, activated in the market at that time? Great question. So started off being inspired by a need for women post-workout. Mm-hmm. The product has since evolved to being something that speaks to just the modern consumer post-workout. Mm-hmm. But what we found is that all of the, the ready-to-drink protein options on the market were packed with protein. So it was just how many grams of protein can I get into this tiny bottle? And if you're doing SoulCycle or Spin or even you know a Berries or a high-intensity interval class, you don't need 40 grams of protein after your workout. Yeah. That's for a bodybuilder or someone that's trying to play football. Yeah. We're not trying to get football max over here. Yeah. We just don't want to be starving and have, you know, reach for the office cookies two hours later because we haven't had anything to drink. Yep. So all of the options out there were packed with protein from a nutritional perspective. And then in my opinion, drawing on my health coaching background, they were missing two really key elements. The first one was some kind of a healthy fat. So I'm a big proponent of healthy fats and I love organic virgin coconut oil. It keeps you fuller, longer, and optimized brain function. So I was really adamant about that being a key component of the ingredient list. And then the the third piece, so it's plant protein, MCTs, third piece being organic coconut water, Mm -hmm. electrolytes. We need that for post-workout hydration. So in that way, the beverage is completely different from anything else out there from a nutritional perspective. And then, of course, just sourcing the, the highest quality ingredients that we could. The other two things that make it really different, one is just our, our positioning overall in that we don't want to, we're not trying to scream Vulcan biceps. We're also not trying to, and this is where this, this beverage and this branding speaks so, or is just so in line with my personal message in that protein brands, in my opinion, have gone wrong in the past in that they've been marketed as meal replacements mm-hmm. or they've been marketed around, you'll look a certain way when you drink this mm-hmm. or you should have an eight pack if you're going to drink this. I don't agree. We use uh, models of all different shapes and sizes. I advocate that you should drink this if you went for a walk around the block, if you just need a three o'clock snack or if you finished a Barry's boot camp class. So in that way, it was really different. And then the third piece is just shelf stability. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't need to be refrigerated. You can just throw it in your bag, which is perfect for this on the go consumer, but is what made this whole thing so hard to make. Yeah, no, exactly. So you're not using preservatives in the product? No, 
Wow. So it's so it's it's basically the way that the product is packaged. So it's in a Tetra pack. Oh, okay. And it's air sealed tight. It's flash heated and then flash cooled. So, but once you open it, you can't That's throw it. That's right. So yeah. once you open it, it needs to be refrigerated and it needs to be consumed within three to five days. Yeah. So you're doing it in Tetra. So what is the shelf life? On 14 it? months. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's, wow. It's great. It, and that was, that was a really critical decision point for us. So originally we were going to go in plastic. We were going to be cold chain. So mm-hmm. it needed to be refrigerated. Yep. Um, but it just didn't fit the lifestyle of our consumer. And that changed everything that we were doing. So it changed how much money we needed to raise. And it changed, you know, how we went to market with this product. Mm-hmm. Our original goal was to, you know, do what beverage companies normally do and scale through Whole Foods and go the retail route. But what we realized is that with a shelf-stable product, we could build a direct-to-consumer brand. And even more importantly, with a direct-to-consumer brand, we could have a direct line of communication to our consumer. Mm-hmm. So the same way that we spent a year and a half designing this product to make it super right mm-hmm. and building a relationship with our consumer, we could continue to do that after we launched. So perfect example is Sunny and I got to Skype in live with five or six of our very, very first customers and watch them drink the product for mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. live. You don't get to do that when someone's grabbing a product yeah. off of a grocery store shelf doesn't mean that we won't eventually do that we absolutely will but it's a great time for us to test and iterate and make sure that we're we're building really strong relationships with the people that love this brand with customers that's awesome and i think like especially for the direct-to-consumer business i think having a strong social presence which you do i mean that's like you know that that's definitely like helpful and sort of building out that brand we started our instagram a year before we even launched and it's really gone through, it's gone through so many moods, yeah. if you will. Just when we were first starting, we thought that we'd speak a certain way and that we'd have certain images and then learned very quickly that that didn't work and, and moved into something else. And so the last six months, I feel like we've really hit our stride. And we've realized too, you know, you touched on this being a protein drink for women. That was absolutely the original inspiration and our consumer will continue to be mostly women. But there, I mean, my co-founder's a guy, but we there are so many guys that love this drink and just see it as it's very elevated and kind of chic packaging and that speaks to them too yeah that's awesome and so you're not your plans are not to be available in the offline world so you're not like i mean like to gyms or like no no so so we're actually in so uh we are in 300 plus boutique fitness oh okay 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 that's a really that was a really cool move for us so it's it's kind of like build your own shelves instead of yep. fight for shelf space. Yep. And it makes a ton of sense because that was exactly why the, pro- the product was designed for boutique fitness. Yep. So we found success there and then we are starting to just build out LA. Yeah. So we want we want to be we want to make it really easy for this consumer to, to get this product and yep. be everywhere they want us to be. We just want to do it in the right way yeah. and make sure that we... You just continue to listen to what our, our customer wants. So you moved from San Francisco down to Los Angeles. So was that the main reason that you just really wanted to build out? We the... wanted to build out LA. Um, we, our flavor house is there. There were a number, we, my, Sunny and I had talked about this almost like right when we first started, um, that we wanted to eventually be in LA. We mm-hmm. just didn't know when we were going to do it. And it just, it ended up being the right time. And so he moved there as well. He did. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, so that's we're there wild. and we've since 
hired and we're building out a great team and it's just the fitness and wellness scene is phenomenal in LA I know. as we know. So it's been, I've only been there four months and I miss it. But you're from, but but you're from there though, too. I think jumping into that, it's funny. I was telling an entrepreneur, um, a couple of weeks ago that I feel like, uh, they were actually moving their company from New York to Los Angeles. And I was saying that Mm. LA is like such a big place. Like if you, um, you know, are growing your business, for example, and you say, oh, okay, I'm going to hire one merchandiser for a merchandiser that you're paying hourly to go from like Orange County to Hollywood mm-hmm. is like, oh, you're going to, right. And then you've got, yeah. And then you've got a store or a fitness gym that wants you to stay there sampling for like three or four hours. Like all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're paying somebody like six, seven hours yeah. because they like, you know, choose to live in Orange County or vice versa or whatever. So it was, it was interesting. Like, like we've noticed, um, I mean, we're, you know, nationwide with our product hint, but we definitely like, I feel like there's so much white space in LA for us to still be in and New York. It's just like, it's constant. So you have to, I think it's great that you're focusing on that and really trying to nail it, especially for, you. you know, drink. So, so do you find, so did you guys, how did you find this, like this company? So we did an initial friends and family round when cool. we first started. So this as we know, beverage is very capital intensive. Yeah. It's even more capital intensive when you're trying to, you know, you're creating a shelf stable product. Yeah. The minimums are huge. Yeah. So you don't get, we don't get to just produce, you know, a thousand bottles and see how they taste. We have to produce in 20, 40,000 units yeah. per flavor. So it's just for us, especially when we first started, those were just astronomical numbers. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And you got to nail it on the first try because otherwise you're throwing away a ton of product. So we we needed to fund that. So we raised friends and family round to start. And then uh, we raised another seed round um, with a great venture team down in Santa Monica. Um, And then we are fundraising again right now. Cool. I guess you're kind of always fundraising. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been exciting. It's, I mean, the, the business has really taken off in, in a way that's really fun, but, but fundraising, I've never fundraised before and it is, it is a wild ride. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. So, so my background, as I told you, I mean, it was, I was a health coach, personal trainer before this, but actually before that I was in marketing and PR and even more so before that I was a Spanish major at Berkeley. So I actually grew up speaking Spanish as my first language, yeah. reading and writing. I had to take English as a second language my freshman year at Berkeley. Not a joke. I did. It was pretty funny. So your but, parents both speak? No, my parents, no. parents speak English, but I only spoke Spanish at school. So math, science, all wow. that was, was all in Spanish. So my intention after, you know, after I start, stopped playing water polo was I'm going to go to the Peace Corps. That's what both my parents did. I'm going to go to the Peace Corps and speak Spanish and save the world. And That's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Never did I expect to be a beverage entrepreneur. I always wanted to do something kind of entrepreneurial. My dad's an entrepreneur and so is my mom. And my father-in-law is also an entrepreneur. Um, but never thought about beverage. But but it's funny because that, that takes me to you know where we were two and a half years ago trying to raise a fundraising round. I've never done that in my life. I, I can sell. I can sell to anyone. I think that's a strong suit of mine, but 
this was a totally different ballgame. And I'm so grateful and lucky I have an incredible co-founder that's so smart and is really great at financing. And he'd, he'd done some fundraising beforehand, so I was lucky that I really got to lean on him for that. But we went and pitched as a pre-seed, so this was our friends and family around, this just premier venture firm led by this woman. I've just looked up to her for years and years. Went in and pitched her and I just fell flat on my face. I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't answer any of her questions. And I left and I went home and I just bawled. I was so upset with myself. But what, what ended up happening is I sat down and I wrote down all of her questions that she asked and I wrote down what my answers would be. And I made my husband practice with me. And since then, not that I haven't fallen flat on my face again, I certainly have, but I've learned a lot on how to, like, how to answer questions, especially when it comes to fundraising, how to be really big picture, how to talk about our vision. And I've learned a lot. It's, but fundraising is hard. Yeah, no, it's, it's super hard. So, and I, you know, when when you find the right partners, I think that the biggest challenge too, is that I think a lot of people who are actually sitting in that seat, um, too, that, you know, unfortunately not, not many of them have been operators. Um, so it's like, you've got some, you know, that are out there that are like basically being, you know, the angels or private equity firms or whatever, and they used to operate companies. But I think it's so often like there's this, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Very, um, you know, I've seen them. I've seen them. I know them, you know, many Mm -hmm. of them. I, you know, frankly advise a lot of entrepreneurs not to talk to certain people because I think that, you know, it's like what, what being an entrepreneur and growing your business is just really, really hard. And you just don't need that right? Like it's one thing for somebody to say no to investing in you, but it's another thing for people to just be nasty. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've seen it over and over again. And unfortunately I think like it comes back to bite them, you know, because when people actually go out and have a choice of who to raise money from, you know, it may not be today, but down the road, it's just like, you want to deal like with people. Right. And, and it really makes a difference. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're lucky we have some really, really great partners right now that are, that are That's awesome. that way. But yeah, I mean, this is for the first year and a half, it was Sunny and I, and we gave up a lot. I mean, we didn't pay ourselves. We, he cashed out his 401k. I sold my house. Like we were Yeah, you guys really, in. yeah. And, and so that's how you really initially funded it. I mean, you got friends and family in there, but. Friends and family and then founder contributed capital, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people ask me that too, in terms of, you know, did you, how'd you get the money to do it? And, you know, that's, that's a whole, uh, you know, unfortunately, if you don't have access to credit cards, right, that you can sort of max out. And if you believe like you could actually see the cash coming back in later, like I tell people, don't screw up your credit if you really just don't think it's going to happen. But I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people just don't know how to do it, how they ultimately can get the money to do it. So anyway, super cool that you did it, but it's scary. It's real, it's really scary and it's really hard. And as I tell people being an entrepreneur is, um, there's a lot easier ways to make money, right? Like, I mean, it's like a lot, right. And it's, it's something. And so you got to love what you're doing and be passionate about it and really believe in your product and, and still be having fun. Yep, along the that, way that personal mission alignment is so important yeah I mean, you gotta be a little crazy too <laughs> yeah but i also think you know your story i mean it's such a great story i i've um i've 
been a part of this group called EY. So Ernst & Young has a group, the Winning Women group. And it's funny, there's a big chunk of the women that have been part of this program that are athletes. So I was a gymnast growing right. up. And so, um, oh, wow. yeah. Awesome. And so it's, uh, so not into college. I actually walked on in college, but then, um, but all through high school, I was a gymnast and then I, but, and yeah, so it's, um, but anyway, it's like, you sort of learn, like, what are the goals and how do you achieve them? I think, you know, hearing you talk about even, you know, speaking to an investor, I mean, like how many times was I in a meet that I didn't think went the right way and then I was sort of forced by my coach to look back on exactly, okay, how could have this been better, yeah. right? And the first few times it hurts and then afterwards it's kind of like, oh, that sucked and, you know, that's not exactly what how I wanted it to go but what I learn yeah. and how do I move forward, which is such great entrepreneurial training, right? Like so it's like... Up and then yeah. you have to figure out how to pick yourself back up. Yeah, but that is like such that those are major life lessons that I think, unless you know, like I think female athletes, like that's what I see, like actually make you know great entrepreneurs. And I would say like 70 to 80 percent of the people have played some sort of sport at least through high school mm-hmm. in the EY Winning Women program. It's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, it teaches you how to really structure your time, too. I it really does. I remember just in high school having to be, you know, I would do my homework, and this is when I would do my homework. And I almost my grades would fall when I didn't have when I wasn't yeah. playing sports because I didn't have, you know, when it was off yeah. season or something like yeah. that, I didn't have that same structure, and so I wasn't forced to, all right, between five and seven, that is when I. That's when paper, the... and there's no other time to do it so I better do it now yeah it's so so true Anyway, so I want to dig a little bit more into this. So, so Sunny, you talked a little bit about your co-founder. So building, how do you find, well, he kind of found you, Yeah. I mean, in this process. So did he come from CPG or beverage background? Nope. No. And where, what was <laughs> his background? So he's a consultant at BCG. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Super, super smart guy. He's also an athlete. So played, played football at Harvard and found me. So neither of us had, had any background in beverage, which I think it did really work to our advantage. We came at it from just a totally different viewpoint. And we also just had really lofty goals on what we wanted this to look like and yeah. what we wanted to be inside of it. So we were lucky enough to find someone, Sunny actually found him early on, a guy that had a ton of experience in beverage and he really held our hand. He was quote unquote the adult in the room when we were starting to build this and helped awesome. direct us to, you know, our flavor house of so flavor house, as you know, is where you go to, with a recipe and nutritionals and ingredients and they help you make this commercially viable. But that process was really difficult because we were adamant about, you know, these are the nutritionals that we want. These are the ingredients that we want. And we're not willing to, to flex on this mm-hmm. whatsoever. And so we need to, we need to figure out a way to make it right. So they kept telling us we were working on the edges of food, you know, food science. They've never made a beverage like this. We're the cleanest shelf-stable protein beverage on the market. That's awesome. And um, it's cool. It's, it's really cool, but it took, took a really it long took time. It took a long time. First, the first couple batches we got back of this product, so they would send us uh, basically the beverage to taste in glass bottles. The first couple we got were pudding. I turned this thing upside down, and it just oozed out. It was so gross. So it was... It, it was very hard to work with the ingredients that we yeah. had in there. And how many grams of protein? 14 grams of plant protein from organic pea, chia, hemp, and cacao. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. And how many do you need in a day? Like, what is the average? Like, I guess it depends on how much you're working out or what you're doing. But what would you say for 
and I guess this varies woman, you know, to man or whatever, and depends mm-hmm. if you're a bodybuilder or what you want to do. But what would you say is like a good, like, amount that people should have per day? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest like habitualization around the product is having it every time before you work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what we're we're really building in and what we're seeing that our consumers are doing. But there are so many other use cases for it. So, for example, we have a cold brew coffee flavor. I have that almost every morning on my way into the office. That just gives me my caffeine jump start. Sometimes I'll have the vanilla flavor at night when I have a sweet tooth and I just, you know, don't want to dig into chocolate or cookies mm-hmm. and that'll just quell that. Um, I'll use it as a base for smoothies sometimes. So there are all these different use cases. It's definitely not, it, I mean, it doesn't have the consumption rate of, you know, like a hint, which you could have with every single meal yep. and you, know, you could have five to seven a day. So I think, you know, one a day, if you're, if you're working out every day, yep. um, or as a snack, quick on the go breakfast. Could have. And, and the sugar content or six grams of sugar from okay. organic coconut sugar and then, um, organic coconut water. And then it's sweetened with, uh, organic milk free extract. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and so cool. So you mentioned the cold brew. So yes. that's so awesome. So, uh, that is so- my fa- I, I hate seeing what my favorite flavor is. It's like, I'm choosing my favorite child, but I cold brew is my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Now, are you going to Expo? I mean, in Expo West, you know about Expo West? Yes, of yeah, course. I, yeah. We've gone the last two years, and it's every day I clock 10 to 12 miles. That yeah. Thing. It's so huge. It's crazy. I love it. But we're not going to have a booth, but yeah. I'll be there. But you're going to walk around. around since yes. You're uh, not too far, so you're not exactly not in Anaheim, but not too far. Now, yeah. So it makes it easier. That's so awesome. Very, yeah. very cool. I like I feel like you guys are actually going to be going the route of grocery stores at some point. That's we sort of my gut. We're at uh, Erewhon in LA mm-hmm. right now, which is fantastic, and we're doing really well there, which is which is very exciting. And then we are working on leading this initiative in LA to build out LA. So we're going to start going into grocery stores there. Yeah. But not expanding outside of LA anytime soon. But yes, you will be in grocery. Yeah. In, in the future. I could totally see you guys doing that or going going into the Costco route or something like that. It mm-hmm. seems like that would really. You know, because I think like the biggest challenge is, I mean, we have a huge drift to consumer business as well, but I feel like, you know, the bigger you build that drift to consumer business, there's always going to be consumers that actually want to just pick up one or two bottles along the way. And they're going to want to do it when they're shopping. And, and, you know, we even find like our biggest customers that are actually buying online are still actually going into stores and buying our products. So totally. They play, I think. At least for us, you know, the days of just just being direct to consumer or like just being retail doesn't. We need to be in both places. Yeah. And then it's just it's just staging it accordingly. Along the way, yeah, that's super super interesting. So the majority of your friends, do you have do you have beverage executive friends, or are they like? Do you feel like that community? Have you figured it out yet? Or? Yeah, I am. A, I mean, because I, I still haven't figured it out. So I'm. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I've worked really hard to try and build a community, especially yeah. of women around me, because like, this is really hard. And whether they're in beverage or CPG or just other female entrepreneurs that I can talk to about, you know, complain, this is really hard or, Hey, where do I get, how do I do insurance or just questions, yeah. or, you know, how do I fundraise? Do you like this, this VC firm versus this one? So when I was here in San Francisco, I actually started this little group of women it was like eight to ten of us just female founders and we get coffee or drinks like once a month once every other month and just chat 
and catch up and we've been a support system for each other and then I've tried to do the same in LA I'm still new there but there's a great community of female founders there I'm actually going on a female founders ski trip tomorrow which should be really fun up in Tahoe so I think it's, it's important be fun. to just I want to surround myself with people that are really smart so yeah. I can ask them questions and get help and also just I've never done this before and, that's awesome and have that support system that's super fun but do you find like it's like do you find yourself around more female founders or do you find yourself around female fa- founders in like food and beverage more female founders food and beverage yeah. not not quite as many yeah. and especially in beverage and even just in the vc cpg world a lot of, a lot of guys yeah tons of guys so that's been a challenge yeah which not to say there's anything wrong with guys yeah but they're just there are there aren't a lot of women in that space. Yeah, no, it's absolutely it's absolutely true. So, There's a few down there, but it's yeah, no, it's absolutely true. So I think I know what makes you unstoppable, but I'd love to hear from you. I mean, as you're growing this and I, I feel like you're at a good trajectory where it's like really growing in the right direction. I mean, what do you think really makes you unstoppable? Yeah. So I think my superpower and what makes me unstoppable is I have a ton of grit and energy. And this is, I mean, if you're to start with a beverage company, you are slinging drinks out of the back of your car, you're working hours and hours on end, you're making really quick decisions, smart decisions, you're building a team. It takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And the second piece of that is energy. And I, I'm a big Brandon Burchard fan. Um, super smart guy. I saw him speak once at the Bulletproof conference and he said this, he said something that really resonated with me that high performers, they don't have energy, they create energy. Mm -hmm. And so I try and think about that and think about, you know, as we're building a team and all of the important things that we're doing throughout our day, I have to show up. I have to show up and I have to be present and I have to be focused and ready to, you know, provide a ton of energy to get this thing going. And so I do a lot around around that, around centering myself, around making sure that I'm just personally prepared to provide that energy that the team needs and not, which is a double-edged sword, yeah. right? Yeah, um, it's, no, it's hard. It's really hard, it's really hard, but you know, it takes a ton of tenacity and I have that, I think I learned that through playing water polo. Water polo is a, just a gritty sport. I mean, you're up at five, you're in the pool for six hours a day. I think that taught me that you just, you gotta grind. And then you got to show up. Yeah. And be unstoppable. Yes. So super cool. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. And we're really excited. Where do people find you? So online. Drinkapre.com. Okay. So it's D-R-I-N-K-A-P-R-E-S. Okay. .com or at Drinkapre on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. And then do you have your own personal as well? or still Okay. Uh, My Instagram is just Darby Jackson. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Super fun. All right. Well, thanks so much, Darby. This was great. Yeah. I appreciate it. If you like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable. unstoppable.